0: Siblings sit down, where brother and sister talk about the beloved New Jersey Mafia hit TV show, The Sopranos. I'm Sarah Stefanelli. And I'm
1: Joseph Stefanelli. We are going to be taking you through every episode of The Sopranos, one episode at a time, one podcast episode at a time. Now, a little bit about us uh, before we dive into the pilot episode.
0: We grew up in Brick, New Jersey, but our parents are from Harrison and Nork. So that explains the accents. We are eight years apart. I am the younger one, um, but we are the best of friends. I'm also my parents' favorite kid.
1: And I am the better looking one.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, Joseph, why don't you tell us a little bit about more about yourself um, in your adult life before we get started?
1: Well, I am 37 years old. I am married uh, with, a, with one child and I am an English teacher. I have been an English teacher and a theater teacher for about ooh, 15 years now.
0: Wow, you're so old. How does that make you feel? Uh,
1: I feel pretty damn good about it.
0: Okay, that's, I'm happy to hear it. Um, So I am an IT professional at a pharmaceutical company. I do not study English for a living, but I do very much enjoy um, these topics and these conversations, uh, often around the dinner table with you, Joseph. Uh, We have a lot of fun debates. And we figured we should record it and share it with the world
1: because we are just so entertaining.
0: We're people so I, us. I find us so entertaining, <laughs> and I really I felt like it was selfish for us to keep it to ourselves, really.
1: Yes, we are very selfless people. So We're here we are, people. guys.
0: Absolutely. So, um, a little so a little bit about me. I'm I live in North Jersey now, which is I feel like I've gone more Sopranos than than you did.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tony yeah. would call me. Uh, well, the south jersey central jersey
0: you know, uh, not like the, me the worst so i'm a, i'm a north jersey kid now i guess i call
1: you uh, a benny so
0: i am i'm a benny now god the worst um so i uh, live in morristown new jersey with my, my fiance and my dog and my bird um we're a little happy family all
1: right should we get uh should we get into the episode
0: yeah please all right so we're gonna start off with you know at the beginning, Uh, we're gonna start with the pilot episode of The Sopranos. And Joseph, read where we got this All Google. This is the the
1: (laughs) official HBO episode summary. Um, So in the series premiere, after suffering a series of mysterious anxiety attacks, New Jersey mob boss Tony Soprano agrees to see a psychiatrist, Dr. Jennifer Melfi. As he opens up to his doctor, Tony reveals details about his problems at home and at work that involve his wife, Carmela, his kids, Meadow and Anthony Jr., his uncle Jr., and his domineering mother, Livia.
0: Uh, you copied and pasted this? I did. They are missing a comma. It's really weird.
1: Wow. We should write a letter.
0: Yeah, we're gonna write a letter, but... So it this this episode aired January 10th, 1999. So yes. we're almost at the 21st year anniversary.
1: Uh, amazing. And it also was directed and written by David Chase. And this is only one of two episodes that David Chase directed. The other one being, Sarah, take a wild guess.
0: Um, The end one, the, the last. Eight,
1: the 86th <laughs> episode, yes. So we're going to take you through all 86 episodes.
0: Okay. Um. So if you haven't watched the pilot episode of The Sopranos.
1: Shame on you! We,
0: well, number one, yeah, exactly. But two, um, we do invite you to shut us off and please go watch the pilot episode of The Sopranos because the way we will uh, do this podcast, we promise to not give away spoilers for future I am promising episodes. I, am promising I promise to make Joseph not give away any spoilers for future episodes but we will dig into detail for the episode that we're covering so you need you need to watch the pilot episode because otherwise we may give away a few things um so please keep that in mind
1: forget about
0: it (laughs) um so the way we're we're going to set up our conversations we're going to have uh, certain segments that, uh, Joseph and I are going to share our favorites of the episode. Um, so our first segment is our favorite quote. So, uh, Joseph, why don't you go first? What was your favorite quote of the episode? And tell us a little bit why
1: this works out because this is not only my favorite quote, it is in fact, the best quote from the episode. (laughs) So, uh, Uh, there were a lot, Listen, David Chase worked very hard in this script. It was an outstanding pilot, considered definitely one of the best. Uh, but my favorite quote would be about midway through the episode, uh, when Tony says, I had a semester and a half of college, so I understand Freud. Um, definitely, I mean, that defined that's the show. It's a it, it is a man who believes he is educated trying to understand therapy. If that doesn't define the show, um, I just find that hysterical that he's so committed to the idea. A semester and a half of college, I get it. I get one of the most complicated men <laughs> ever in history. That defines Tony Soprano.
0: It, it's a good quote. It's a good quote. Um, it so, is the
1: best quote. So what is the second best quote? No,
0: I, I think the best quote um, is when Carmela uh, is talking to Tony and he's going through the CAT scan machine. And she says to him, only difference between you and me is you're going to hell when you die
1: that's deep that's dark Whoa, wow
0: i mean it's it's hysterical um i think it just demonstrates their relationship right off the bat early um it that scene also sh- tells our the viewers that like Carmela knows that Tony has gumas and for those who don't know a guma is a is a girlfriend a mistress on the side um so it just That scene really she resents him and we see it in that quote. I really enjoy that quote from her. I I also think an honorable mention is when AJ says
1: do it. I ain't doing it. Your quote, you said Oh, oh,
0: okay. So really quick too. So my brother won't curse because he's a teacher, but I can, so the quote, the quote is, what, no fucking ZD now, and that is when, it is um, one of
1: the best quotes,
0: it's the best, it's one of the best quotes, and just like little AJ as a kid just delivers that perfectly, Um, so our, our, great, so thank you for that, Um, so our next segment is our favorite scene, Um, so, my my favorite scene is when he climbs into the pool to feed the ducks, but, but is in his robe. Um, that scene to me just paints quite the picture. His I get his impulsiveness. Why is he climbing into the pool without taking his robe off first? I just find it hysterical. I find it hysterical.
1: And I'm not allowed to talk about the robe yet.
0: Go for it.
1: You can. Are we allowed to talk about, you know, am I allowed to talk about symbolism right now or are we waiting? Do
0: You're it. You're in charge here. Do
1: it. I mean, it. right away. Let's <laughs> I'm an English teacher at heart. Let's talk about that symbolism. The robe, which matches boxers. Now I I don't wear yeah. robes often, but I've never seen anyone wear a robe that matches their boxers in that kind of taupey bland color, that off white. Um, very, asylum to me in uh, a asylum patient. Um, And I, and I have to do a shout out to a friend of mine who, who I talked about this with, and uh, she is also an English teacher. And she said, and think about who dresses him. Clearly Tony does not buy his own clothes. It is Carmela herself who put him in that. So if, you know, if, if you go the cuckoo's nest, right, is she the nurse ratchet of this uh, asylum that he is stuck in this home that he can't get out of?
0: Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I love that scene too. I do. Good. Um, but my favorite scene I mean it would just have to be the, the whole opening. I don't know if you call it one scene or just the jumping back and forth. You know, a lot of people are hate on the Melfi Tony scenes. They go that's the boring part. We want to <sighs> see the blood and mayhem at that opening scene where you meet her and in you know, it's 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 two gifted actors playing these two amazing characters who are the juxtaposition of the awkwardness. And yet there's a comfort already between them that they kind of have this understanding. I know what you're supposed to do. I think your job as a psychiatrist is bullshit, but I think, <laughs> oh, I curse, there you go. Um, but yet, you know I know you're a mobster, but I'm not gonna say it. And I think what you do is sort of intriguing. It it really is amazing. And, I, and it, my second favorite scene is actually very similar in the sense of you meet Junior and Livia in that car ride which I think is almost parallel because isn't he really Livia's patient? Livia who's trying to get into his head and try to get Junior to do what she wants. Um, I, I think, and the fact that, you know, you see Tony and Melfi in the beginning and then you end with Junior and Livia. I mean, I think that's a direct parallel of each other.
0: It's interesting that you see that Junior is her patient. So I viewed the first scene as she's trying to get Junior, or no, no, Junior's trying to get her into her head and to convince her to do what he wants. So I think that, I think that, that, that may not be true, but I think that scene portrays that for the first time viewers of the show, that Junior's trying to get her to do stuff. Yes. Turn against uh, her son.
1: But without giving too much away, it Livia is maybe one of the most manipulative characters in literature, let alone, let alone yeah. television.
0: And and, um, and a scene that was great is when we do meet her for the first time. You know, she's just a relentless, horrible, miserable woman. And you feel for you feel for Tony a little bit. I think I think oh. it's a bit of sympathy for maybe even empathy um from for some viewers of the show for the first time. You you think, man, okay, I understand why this guy has to go talk to someone outside of his family. <laughs> yeah. Um so
1: Especially people that have mothers like that, which by the way, David Chase has gone on record to say she is his mother. That was it. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's that is, his mother was and okay. Yeah. You know, and originally, this script was supposed to be a movie. <laughs> this, you know, The Sopranos original concept was a movie, and it was a movie about him and his mother. And, and he just put it in the mob world. Um, and it was supposed to end with um, with the mobster killing his mother because that was ultimately what he had. Wow! To do.
0: Wow! And,
1: you know, as you know, draft after draft, did he? Someone, thank thank you so much, said, do a television show. Right. That's what we have.
0: Right. So um, our next segment is the theme of the episode. Um, so-
1: Would you like to go first? Cause you're wrong. So would you like to go I, first?
0: I'm correct. So I okay. think I should go first. Good. So our listeners know that I'm correct. So when they hear yours, they know how wrong you are. Um, so the theme of the episode, is obviously nostalgia. It is so obviously nostalgia. Carmela says nostalgia, I believe twice in the episode. So the scene when she's in the, with the CAT scan machine, she says, there you go with the nostalgia again. She also says it again, when they're at dinner together, Um, you know, when they go to the restaurant that he took his mar to the night before. so also just, it, it, it really takes the new viewer of a brand new mob show and reminds them that, you know, this is still the genre you love. This is Goodfellas, this is the Godfather, um, but it's new. So come on this journey with us, but we are going to give nods to the past. Um, so we hear a lot of comments like, uh, Jr. taking, Uncle, Uncle Jr. taking him to Yankees games, playing catch with each other. Um, we hear Tony say I'm a sad clown. Um, Christopher, when he kills the guy, uh, he flashes to all those pictures of uh, like old old people that we know the from Martin, the past, like yeah. DeMarin, Al Capone. Um, a lot of the music is doo-wop music that really takes us back, so... Um, also, Tony says he feels like he came in at the end of the good times, like he he longs for the good times of the past that his father went through. He brings the old music to his mother, um, you know, his the old favorites that she loves. He goes to the church. And I really believe this is a, is a good moment for Meadow. Um, we really kind of see her as a as an annoying teenager child fighting with Carmela. But at this point, she really. Takes a step back and listens to her dad in the church when he's really thinking back about their ancestors and that they, these amazing men who built that church with their, you know, with their hands and, and a team of people, and she seems to really appreciate it and have a nostalgic moment with her dad. So, I think that the the theme of the episode is certainly nostalgia. Uh,
1: before I before I tell you uh, why you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I just want to point out the doo song. So yes, there is a, you know, uh, a doo song in a, maybe the, the most violent scene of the show is where they're chasing uh, Mahati <laughs> and, and yeah. they, you know, they break his leg and they hit him with a car. Um, and David <laughs> Chase actually says that's his that's one of his very few musical regrets. He regrets putting a doo-wop song. He doesn't feel fit. Uh, it was a pilot, you know, he didn't become, you know, David Chase was very careful about the music he selected. Um, I'm not an expert on the music um, in the show, but uh, if you really look and really study it, I mean, the music choices are very particular.
0: Hold on. So d- I disagree with David Chase. I think that he should oh. be proud. I on think the he first should...
1: episode? You wanted... I think
0: he should be proud though, because I think the doo-wop of that scene it sets the tone that this is normalcy for them, that they th- this is it's such a happy song, <laughs> and they are running around doing these horrible things in public to this man. It kind of sets the it sets the tone, like okay, yep, this is how their life is. This this is what it is.
1: Well, if we ever get them on the show, and uh, hey, David Chase. Uh, Please, yeah, please. If you're first, listening,
0: first episode, come on. not
1: <laughs> you, you can pick any episode you want.
0: Yeah, your fave, your least fave. If you want to come and tell us how what you didn't like about your episodes <laughs> that'd be fascinating. Um, actually, so let's, let's
1: let's hear that. Let's hear that doo-wop song real fast, just to give our viewers the idea of your happiness. I love you like I do. Da, 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 da. Is it because I think you love me too? Da, 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 da. All right, so I don't think you're actually wrong with your nostalgia, but I'm going to get even more specific. Um, and for a lot of the same points you brought up, I'm not going to repeat what you said. I think it's about parenting, and, and yes, I think they go hand in hand a lot of ways. But like, let's let's look right away. So we have this entire series, this these eighty six episodes, and the first thing you see is not tony soprano killing someone not a like a like a stage robbery not a mob hit not even a meeting it's a man in between the statue of a woman's legs he's literally being born out of this statues female statues body um and uh, you know a lot of people i'm sure look at that almost kind of sexual like because obviously sex is a major theme I don't. I see that as birth, and also when they show the face, in hindsight, it's a little look. It's looking a little bit like Lydia. I mean, not exactly, but a little <laughs> bit. Um, I mean, then you have Tony with the ducks. I mean, clearly a symbol for his his love of his children and his fear that he's going to lose them. Um, one of the first things we see Christopher say um uh is you know he lives with his mom and my mom said i shouldn't even come to work today because i'm sick i mean that's such a parenting thing to say you have the constant reminder of how terrible junior and livia are as parental figures i mean his father's dead but junior is clearly his surrogate father um the ducks then give birth to babies i mean he says they give birth to babies um already says losing his restaurant is like a, a parent losing his child um the last line of the show is Tony saying, you know, very comically, she comes in, she criticizes him, and he goes, You know, Carmela, my mother's here. And then <laughs> Carmela says, Everybody, let's eat. And that's the end of the episode. Okay. It, it almost like inviting, like she's here. Now the audience, come on, everyone, come to the second episode because we're 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 doing this. Um, I do, however, just a little note, a little nitpick, why they go inside to eat during barbecue. I've never understood, but <laughs> maybe just to have that classy
0: exit. That's a um, wait. That's a good point. And one thing that bothers me about this barbecue is all of a sudden Artie goes their best friend at this barbecue. Yes. And he in, in the beginning of the episode, still turns to Tony and says, "Oh, isn't that your friend from high school?" Right. Like they haven't seen each other for a long time, and now Artie all of a sudden is a part of the gang. It, it, that always. Confuse
1: me, but I'm glad because I love Artie.
0: Yeah, Artie's is, Artie is great. Artie
1: um, great. And just a few of, I mean, you know, Chris said, Chris just wants Tony's approval. I mean, he says, I would have loved a pat on the back. And, you know, and, and Tony wants Junior's approval. You know, it's always about who and, and his mother's approval. And Junior even says, These kids today. I mean, what is more of a father line than saying these kids today? Um, and, you know, Carmela makes a point to say, Tony's favorite scene in Godfather 2 is when Vito goes back to Sicily, which if you know Godfather 2, he brutally murders the man that killed his father, brother, and mother. I mean, th- that is the ultimate fatherly parent, parent, parent revenge. Okay, and That's his favorite scene.
0: I love it. I love it. But we both missed something that fits into both of these themes, but I'm still gonna say it goes under my nostalgia theme. But when the priest and Carmela are watching TV, we see Field of Dreams in the background.
1: Which is all about fatherhood.
0: Which is about nostalgia and the history of America being told through the story of beautiful baseball.
1: Forget about it.
0: Okay, and that's one of our favorite movies of all time.
1: All right, I'm gonna give that to you. That is about nostalgia. And Carmela says, Tony doesn't like these. He likes Godfather movies. So if anything, it's like the character is dismissing your theme and accepting mine. I'm right, t'was ever thus.
0: Okay, okay. So the next segment is symbolism.
1: Uh, well, I mean-
0: Are you so excited?
1: I mean, this is what I live for.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm going you know that meme take it where, away. <laughs> You know that
1: meme where where they say like the curtain is blue and the English professor goes off but then someone just says the curtain's blue I never believe the curtain's just blue.
0: Okay. I believe yes. everything
1: is a symbol. Um <laughs> I've already talked about the statue. I mean if that's as a symbol for motherhood it's a symbol for rebirth. I mean we're watching the birth of this man. Um we have a right away we're reminded with the newspaper, you know that um if you look at the newspaper, there's a thing about one side says the Medicare will go bust, but the other side is that a car dealership is saying no money down. I mean, it literally is is opposing views of like, oh, no money down. Like, we'll just give you credit, 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 but eventually Medicare is going to go bust. I mean, it's the idea of like, you can't get anything for free. And that's, tony's whole idea is he has to work for what he wants um we should always by the way always look at the newspapers because that became kind of a motif for every season it starts off with him going to get the newspaper that newspaper headlines always a little you, nod
0: you don't think that it's a nod to what i th- i always thought it was just to keep us up with what they were living through at the time that the show was occurring i didn't think it sure was it does that sort too of-
1: it can do both, but it absolutely always is a theme of the season up that's coming. It's always going to give you a little glimpse. Um, you know, all, right, all well, good I... thing, all good things come to an end is is one of the themes of this overall season, and we can get into why later. But without
0: well, well so spoilers. we'll have to pay attention then to newspaper the newspaper headlines.
1: Anytime there's newspapers. Okay. and of good course, time. if they, if they're looking at a headline, that's not the one to look at. That's a plot point. It's when, it's the other headlines. Like, let's see okay. what he's doing.
0: Now, I'm going to pause for a second. Um, so I've only watched the show one time through.
1: I don't know how many times I've watched I'm a,
0: <laughs> I'm a fairly newbie, you know, compared to you. Um, I watched the show within the last year. Like this, pre, pre, pre-COVID, actually, I watched yeah. the
1: show. I think um, you just finished it right before COVID started.
0: Uh, yes. So I'm, I'm fairly new. So I, I would say comparatively, I'm the fresh eyes of this conversation though. Uh I know it's coming. I don't, I haven't quite dug in like you have. You watch it once a year.
1: Traditionally I start on Christmas day and I just go till I'm done and it's, I call it my bada binge. (laughs) Um, but now you've mentioned COVID. We are in COVID. Um, And you say you've watched it right before COVID ended. I've watched it twice since COVID started. Oh,
0: God. Okay. So,
1: I mean, and and that doesn't count. Now I'm starting again to watch it with you for this podcast.
0: So most people... During, on Christmas day, they open presents with their families, drink hot cocoa, but you are like, I can't wait to sit down and watch the (laughs) Sopranos. I put
1: to bed first. I don't like let my three-year-old watch it. When are
0: you going to, when are you going to invite Adam to watch with you? Have you decided what age your three-year-old is going to watch this with you?
1: I think, uh, no, I think it's a real question. I think high school is, is, is fine. I was in high school when this show started, but I didn't watch it right away. I didn't start watching until college because the cool kids were watching it. So I said, I'm gonna join them. Um, And then I went back. I think it was around season three or four.
0: Did they I assume think... that Joseph Finley from New Jersey was they, already they watching absolutely it?
1: Did. And I let them believe that. Dad didn't <laughs> let me watch this, though it wasn't. In fact, Dad wanted me to watch. He said, "Why aren't you watching the show? It's but so good." With, I,
0: but with
1: him, that's it. He it was not going to be a show we were going to sit down and enjoy together. But we did eventually. <sighs> as I got older, I mean, I remember watching the finale with it, that final season. Well, well,
0: mommy even watched the finale with two of you, and she is not a big yes. TV person.
1: But she so. watched season one of this. She kind of liked it. Uh, but anyway, let's let's so back to a few more things that you know. Okay. And there's so many things, but we talked about the ducks symbolizing family. Um, the girls' names, you know, we're introduced to Meadow, his daughter, and and Hunter, her friend. You know, hunting in a meadow and and the animals you find, and we know that he loves. That's a stretch. Um, it's not a stretch. You That's know, stretch. he loves animals. Um, yes, he Hunter, by the way, for those you don't know, is actually Hunter Scangarelli is played by David Chase's daughter. Little something, a little Love nepotism it. in there. Um, the song Who's Sorry Now? I mean, he walks into his mother's house, he tries to be nice, and all of a sudden, Who's Sorry Now plays. I mean, that is so symbolic. The MRI symbolizing a coffin. It's 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 kind of like it's this whole thing is going just gonna destroy him, kill him. Um, we said field of dreams about family and nostalgia. Um, the parallel between food and guns, Carmela goes into the dining room to grab her arsenal in order to, when she goes to stop Meadow and Christopher is surrounded by meat when his first kill. I mean, there's a clear parallel between food and death in this show, which again, we'll talk about our cannolis later. We'll explain yes. what cannolis are, but cannoli on this one, the food and death go together. Yes. Um, the explosions, the parallel of the explosions at Tony's home, an explosion happens that causes him to faint. Silvio puts that out, but in his business, an explosion that, that looks exactly the same happens in Artie's restaurant that Silvio causes. So we have like literally his family is going against his business, but doing the same thing. Um, we have Christopher mispronouncing Luca Brazzi, Um even though he's the movie guy, like it right away shows us he's a phony. He says, I love movies. I, I, you know, I'm, I, I could be a great movie guy, but you don't know Luca brazzi one of the most famous characters in movies. Um, Carmela only wearing solid colors. Like she's a uniform, like she's a uniform going back to that nurse ratchet. Like she's in charge of this asylum. She only wears solid colors, um, top and bottom. Um, speaking of colors and outfits, the host, in the restaurant, not not the woman hostess that we'll talk about Adriana later, but the actual male host that that greets Tony at the restaurant when he's with his girlfriend, um, is wearing black. That you know the the old fashioned black cape, black top hat. Evil is happening. But when the next night uh, when he goes in with Carmela, he's wearing all white. You know the, the like hero. an angel,
0: an angel, like an angel. You're doing
1: the good thing. Um, I mean, so obviously colors are are constantly throughout this. Uh, but we've talked so much, and there's so much more, and I want to keep going. But uh, any thoughts? <laughs> any any thoughts? Or
0: you know, I I just I, I know that this excites you, and I do want to remind you that sometimes it's not always symbolism. Though I do see the connections Wrong. that you make, and you get excited. About- Wrong. <laughs> Um, no, it, it is, fa- it is fascinating to pay attention to these, to these certain little details, especially, um, as you're watching the show. So I just advise people to, you know, pay attention to those little things. Sometimes they mean a lot. Um,
1: okay. Can so- Can I introduce our next one? This is one of my favorite segments. Can oh, I- go,
0: go, go, please.
1: All right, we're going to do, so this is going to be our MVG, our most valuable yeah. Goomba. <laughs> um, so we're each going to choose like kind of who won the episode, who, who was most valuable. Um, Sarah, you want to take this one or you want uh, to go first? Listen, I know
0: it's obvious, but I think it's Tony. It's the pilot episode of Sopranos. How can you pick anyone else? You you learn about his family. You learn about his work. You see that he's a nostalgic guy. You see that he's struggling with parenting. um, He struggles with his own parents. I just, I just, you know, the whole show is around Tony, the pilot episode. It makes sense that it's all around Tony
1: I think he's our most valuable Goomba. I mean, yes, I, I agree. I just went with someone a little less obvious, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, Christopher is my most valuable Goomba. I mean, he has his first kill. You know, in a lot of ways, I almost feel like while it's centered around Tony, is Christopher the main character? I mean, is is, is do we know that... I mean, it's it, it, it's his Chris, first kill. He's the young no. <laughs> strapping guy. It almost feels like, is he going I, to be? I mean, he is the second male role. So. Yes,
0: but I don't think that we know that in this pilot episode yet. I think he's a, an annoying kid, actually. In oh,
1: episode. I disagree. No, absolutely not. He,
0: he, he steps up
1: when he needs to, you know? I mean, in the beginning, okay, he says, I don't feel good, but in the end, he says, no, you're right, Tone, I'm going to do this. Um, I kind of don't like that he whines and says I like a pat on the back, but he's not wrong.
0: Yeah. Why <laughs> he
1: did? He just murdered someone to you know. Um. Okay. You know, it, it's it's almost as if like that killing kills him, kills the 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 child, and makes him a grown up. You know? He
0: becomes a man in his first kill. Yeah. Okay. Like he becomes a man with blood, like women do. <laughs>
1: whoa yeah but yeah but i stretched on the other <laughs> one you're right for my symbolism now you're absolutely right let's move on Ooh, okay let's just go past that one
0: okay okay so this is a fun segment um this is where we share if we pulled this shit or something that made us to go oh like oh my god that's us or oh my god that's our family um just as you know, Italian Americans who grew up in New Jersey, we, we there's some parts of the show where I think, wow, that, that's something that went on in our house. Uh, we weren't in the mafia, but there were just that some. That we know th- of. <laughs> that we know of. That
1: we have proof of.
0: That we have proof of. And, and I think, you know, there's just moments where I go, that's, you know, daddy would do that or mommy says that, or it, it just, it's a perfect depiction of how I think Italian Americans in New Jersey are, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, like <laughs> we weren't in the mafia, but there were certain things that they do and say that you just, it blows your mind. I also think that there's moments, uh, speci- specifically with Meadow and AJ that you think, you know, if we ever did that, what would they do to us, you know? Um, it kind of makes you cringe to think if you're in their shoes, what would have occurred? Did to you us? ever? Did
1: you ever see? <laughs> sne- I mean, we were. See, don't forget when I, when you were in high school, I was out of college. I mean, I wasn't. Were you, did you ever sneak out like Meadow did? Oh, God, no. I, I never did either. No. But we were we, allowed out. We didn't, I didn't think we had to. We just, I, we would just say we're going out.
0: No, yeah. but mommy had that rule that if I was two minutes past curfew. I had to be home two minutes before curfew the next time I went out.
1: You want to hear something really Those sexist? things
0: added up. You didn't have that.
1: I didn't have a curfew. Wow.
0: Killed
1: I me. just had to tell them what time I'd be home. It could cool. be two in the morning, but I just say I'll be home at two in the morning. Okay.
0: Cool, 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 cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's, no, I mean, that's not sexist at all. Don't worry about it. Um, did anything, did Tony do anything that really reminded you of our dad?
0: Shirtless in the house.
1: <laughs> Never wore shirts?
0: <laughs> Never Daddy, right now, <laughs> our
1: father is listening to this podcast with
0: shirtless 100%. No shirt I would put a lot of money on that bet that he would not. He, right now, he's listening, not doesn't have a shirt off.
1: I would, I the thing that reminded me of dad the most, mom didn't. Rem, I don't have too much that reminded me of mom. I mean, the Meadow Carmela relationship reminds me in general of what it was like watching you and mom around that age. I mean, I don't you know, think but,
0: I was as bad as Meadow,
1: no, no, I, I don't, but. It, you know, you had your moments. I mean, there were, there were moments I, I thought she was going to kill you. <laughs> but, um, but my thing with Dad, though, um, who who, it reminds me a lot of Tony in that he is a tough guy. Like I would never mess with our father, but at the same time, he's a softy. I mean, who, who I do think that if he saw a bunch of ducks we have had ducks on our pool and he goes, look at the duck, look how cute they are. But the scene that really gets me with dad is that scene in the church. Now I've never, I've never sat in a church. I'm not going to say I have and, and had our father so, talk so. about it, but what our father does have a way of getting lost in things like just, mm-hmm. you know, I re- I remember about a year ago or maybe just before COVID, we went to visit you in Hoboken and we saw the si- the skyline of New York city and, and he got lost. I mean, he just watched mm-hmm. it like, like as if it was going to come alive um that's something our father does and he does like to tell us about the history um and and you know even if we're not in the mood he does have a way of convincing us how important it is and that's that's what tony does to meadow
0: i completely agree and i have sat in a church with daddy so a few years ago daddy and i took that trip to italy Just, just me and him um, and I stood in front of the pietà and watched our father cry. I mean, he he certainly is never afraid to show his feelings and and think about the past or, um, how beautiful things are. So I completely, I do completely agree with you on this one that it, Daddy has that nostalgic um, feel to him.
1: Did Dad say, all oh, great, he's gonna cry now"? Did he speak about himself in the third person <laughs> the way Tony does?
0: No, but I, I bet he had a similar thought. Okay. I bet he, cause he like you know when daddy he wants to hold in his cry, but then he he just he gives up like you he does
1: see, the shoulder, he, he
0: has the shoulder then he gives <laughs> up and starts crying, yeah. So you could you could.
1: He's gonna see. love we brought this up on the first episode. Yeah, he, yeah
0: he's gonna love that. Um. Okay, so uh, so so I mentioned cannolis. Yeah.
1: So all right, we talked about no spoilers, and I'm gonna do my best, but. <laughs> There are some things we're going to tell you to look for. Um, a lot of people call them Easter eggs. A lot, like you know, if you watch movies or or like uh, comic book movies, they say look for the Easter eggs that are in there. We call them our cannolis. So we're going to tell you and 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 eventually explain why you should pay attention to certain things. And I will do my best not to say why, but there's definitely I some. I promise cannolis. that
0: if he says something, we cut it from the episode.
1: I have final cut.
0: You've been warned. And
1: I will make sure. (laughs) Um, So we both have a few. Um, This pilot episode was, first of all, this pilot episode was shot a year before the second episode. Um, And you can definitely see that. You see the ages. I mean, they clearly aged a year um, into the second episode.
0: Why so long?
1: They, HBO didn't know what to do with this. This was just this was a new thing. We didn't. Huh. They didn't know if it was going to keep going. Um, they tested it with a lot of audiences. So you know, and that that's normal actually to do a pilot and take time. But this one took a pretty long time, um, which is why there's some changes. You know, like he's a mob boss in this episode. He's clearly not in episode two. Yeah. He's we, not the boss yet, um, yeah. which is good. I like that we got to see that little journey. But like, just there are so many things that they went back to the to the pilot. You know, and I would love to say that David Chase knew. He knew in the, fir- in the first episode what he was going to do and he probably didn't. He reconned and went back and said well that's a line from the first episode. Um, but like you know the Junior saying you'll never make it as a varsity athlete. His cousin you know he told his cousins that that comes back. Um, the whacking of pussy malanga is is, is a major thing later. Mm-hmm. Um, Meadow and Carmela having tea at the plaza actually it comes back more than once. We get to see it I think only once but it gets brought up. Mm-hmm. Junior's cousin Gregory has a girlfriend named Amy that says mob. Uh, movies are always hot um, and that's a whole episode um, JFK's hat comes back in kind of a really disturbing way um, fan, not a fan favorite way but it, but it is a memorable way that that hat comes back um, did you see any that
0: um, I mean Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes uh, comes back
1: yes big time
0: um, I, I mean this isn't exactly a cannoli but it's something, to, it's something fun I thought to pay attention to. So I never in a million years noticed this the first time that I watched the show. Y- you wouldn't, but now I watched the first episode again. And I went, Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, so the hostess in the restaurant that Tony returns to twice in the episode, we know her, we know her quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to know her throughout the series. Um, so I mean, you could go back and look at the pilot episode, but uh, the hostess, the female hostess who seats them at their table um, becomes a major character in the show. If not, I might, I'll go out and live and say she's my favorite character. She's
1: one, she's definitely one of the best characters. She's, you could say, I think we, I don't think it's supposed to say it's Adriana. Um, now that actress was not cast as Adriana. She was the hostess. She was a, an extra basically. And they liked her and they they decided they reconned it in the credits and originally the credits had hostess uh, now if you go back it says Adriana in parentheses hostess or it might be reversed but it it does acknowledge that that is Adriana and she does in later episodes say i I am a hostess she goes to work for Artie.
0: um so and
1: that's not a big spoiler forgive me um but <laughs> it's, uh, not, it's not but she but she so they they handled that well okay so so, so we could, else
0: no we're Coming, you know, we're coming to the end of our discussion. I know that you can go on for hours I'd and listen. hours. I know you You can. want to do all
1: 86 right now?
0: I, I think maybe we should take a break in between. Um, I, for one, need to rewatch the episode before we come back to talk about it again. I know that you don't, um, but yeah. I can
1: recite it for you.
0: No, it's okay. Oh, yeah. um, so, you know, anything else? Like, is there anything else that caught us... In the episode that we want to bring up, so my thing is, do we find it odd that we all say Sopranos when they all in the show say Sopranos? Why do we all take it upon ourselves to mispronounce Sopranos?
1: I think it's because when you see the word, you think of the musical, like the element, the term, the, the term. term soprano. Um, okay. And I but- think, I think if anything, they're making a conscious effort not to. Cause I've heard a lot of actors on the show say that when they auditioned and they, or they heard this new show, they actually thought it was about opera singers, which Jamie Lee Singler was a singer. She's not very good, but she is a a singer. She's not, she's admitted it. Um, um, She's not. And, (laughs) but she thought, oh, that's why they want me for the show. Cause I get interesting.
0: To sing. Interesting. Okay. She gets to
1: sing on the show though. Very soon in a few episodes, we get to all through the night. It's delightful.
0: Um, <laughs> you're a jerk. Um, okay. Yeah. So I've, I've always find that funny. And I'm going to continue saying Sopranos because yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I think the cash in the minestrone soup when Carmela goes to get that is just one of the funniest things. Mm-hmm. Hiding the cash in the can. Um, but all, but
1: again, also kind of like f- the food mobster connection. Yes, it's not yes. guns, but it's you know.
0: Yep, I I, I totally agree. Um, <laughs> when meadow, I found this interesting. So meadow called. What is Sill's last name? Dante. Dante. Meadow calls him Mister Dante in mm-hmm. this episode. After they're so actually they're coming out of the church, right after that scene that we've been talking about.
1: No, they're about it, to go in it, or whatever. It's okay, they're beginning.
0: outside that beautiful church i found that so odd um because she clearly is gonna call them uncle whatever
1: right Correct. but, but yeah, even that's
0: so out of character
1: but even in that first episode silvio is almost like he actually has an odd change throughout the episode because in the beginning when he he comes over he's dressed normal he looks like he's just a friend when he says hey do you have a friend named marty bucco um but by the end he's blowing up Artie's Restaurant. So it's almost like that character, dare I say, was oddly developed. And, and okay. they didn't know what to do with him until, and then by the second episode, he's you know, the, co- he's, he's the best. He's one of the he's best characters. Obvious. Little Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> Little Stevie <Yeah>. Van Zandt. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so Joseph, you're, you, what is your anything else? I'm sure there's a lot. All
1: right. With that, oh, again, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to end this spoiler. Well. I know you're very concerned about my spoiler idea, but all I'm going to say is anyone who watches this show when there are eggs mentioned I know that sounds weird <laughs> but when there are eggs mentioned, pay attention um, and the first time they're really mentioned I will go into more detail but just pay attention to eggs. even in this ep- uh, episode there's a little nod to it when uh, uh, the oh, yeah. Livia says mm-hmm. have some eggplant even that just the word egg is in there and tony says no so pay attention to who eats eggs and who doesn't eat eggs just pay attention to that um carmela saying your mother is the one (laughs) i just love it's those subtlety the beautiful writing that that is that that is just a throwaway line but oh my god that means so much um you know, we already talked about the, the changes in the episode. Artie Bucco now is like kind of becomes a more major character. Did you notice a major blooper in the episode, by the way? I didn't really notice it until like maybe my 30th or 31st watch of the show.
0: <laughs> um,
1: that after, so he goes to see his mother and he says, I got you Connie Francis, the pajama game. Um, and and he there's a great line. He says, and I bought CDs for a broken record. Yeah, And then he leaves the room. And it's cuts to him opening the door and saying like, come to Anthony Jr.'s party. But there's clearly, James Gandolfini is clearly yelling more at her and it's muted. It's, cl- it's clear, yeah. So if you ever, so for our listeners, go back and watch that. It's clearly an edit um, that I will say future episodes would never have that kind of blooper. There's very few bloopers um, in The Sopranos.
0: I will have um, to go check that out.
1: I also just want to say a clever little nod for those of you who don't know more about David chase. He's an amazing guy. Um, people loved working for him. He's a brilliant writer and he had his hands on every single ounce of the show, even if he didn't direct or write the episode, it was all, uh, he, he had the final say in everything. And he started on the Rockford files um, that he wrote 19 episodes of the series The Rockford files. And you can hear that theme song in the um, nursing home. If when, when they're showing her, when they're showing Livia and Carmel is in solid red, which just amazes <laughs> me. Um, you can hear the theme song to so someone's watching it. So I just, you know, little things like that. I, I David Chase always liked to, to include.
0: So love it, love um,
1: it. But this was fun. This was yeah. fun. No, yeah, this I is, love this.
0: This is, um, yeah, no, this is gonna be a lot of fun. Um Even if it's just for you and me, I think we're gonna continue to do this for all 86 episodes, what do you think?
1: I hope people listen, but I, I just do. I, <laughs> I, do I hope those, but I like just doing this. Yeah, Dad will uh, listen. Our father. We
0: have guy. one listener, right? Yeah. So, um, thank you to those listeners out there um, for taking to the, this, you know, this leap into the wonderful world of the North Jersey mafia life as portrayed by the Sopranos and their friends um, with us. Um, so that's all from us uh, for now. Talk to you soon when we discuss season one, episode two. It's called 46 Long. This has been The Sibling Sit Down. Is
1: that how we're closing it? Yeah, that's it. It's all right.